you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. This is my third take, which is uh, appropriate if you are listening to this. Uh, I don't uh, I enjoyed how they changed the format this year. Back in the day when I was writing at sites, uh, day one was what we had was you had round one, the compensation picks, competitive balance picks, round two, and then the competitive balance B round, around 80 picks most years. I wrote up every single one of those picks. Then I would do my best available. That was pretty easy. And then I would do my round three mock, a little more time spent. And then it would be about six, seven in the morning, go to bed, wake up, uh, I should maybe say more nap, wake up and start doing racing, uh, especially at those uh, when I was still at Scout. Uh, Scout really put the effort in, had a, a head of PR. So I remember doing like 40, 50 radio shows uh, during that draft weekend. It was crazy, but it was a lot of fun, a very different feel. Uh, think back fondly on those days. I always like to tell the story. I don't know if I mentioned on here where the worst interview I ever gave was a drive time in Dallas where I was, you know, offered to places as a draft expert. And then they asked me about the Rangers and didn't ask me anything about the draft. I had not paid any attention to the Texas that year. I do remember them asking me about going on with Adrian Beltre. That is where <laughs> that conversation went. Needless to say, while I was, you know, several places like Seattle and Detroit, uh, Atlanta, they would have me back every year. Never went back to that station in Dallas. It was uh, it was a bit of a negative experience for us both, I am sure. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Got to do a lot of different things. Uh, got to talk and meet a lot of different people. Quite enjoyed it. This year, if I was writing, like I said, so much easier. Just round one. Uh, everything ended relatively quickly. Like it was, wasn't even 10 uh, central. So it wasn't even 11 Eastern time. I can't even imagine like, where it's all done. And that was even with the first round running forever. Uh, I would have been done by like the morning with, with this format. Just on the, the ground running for round two and everything else. And we got through all of those rounds relatively quickly today. There's still rounds 11 through 20. If you're listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, that is what is yet to happen when I'm recording. And those are important rounds. I've talked a lot on the show about the 11th round in particular team play of extra money. And I still think the Indians should have extra money to spend uh, until this is an organization that always spent the maximum amount of money one could spend without losing a draft pick. They always went only over. They went right up as high as they could and then stopped. Last year, they were under slot. I believe they not, did not spend their entire pool for the first time. Uh, it, since the pool system basically existed. I'm a little nervous that it could happen again this year. We will see. But like 4.99% and stop. They should have some money to spend. And the 11th round, you target, you see, you call players. You, you see if there's someone who isn't interested in going back to school. And you try to cut a deal. So often, if there are players still on the board. Now, Will Taylor, it's, that's not going to happen, you know. Uh, the uh, Clemson slot receiver recruit slash uh, center fielder. Uh, he's not going. Uh, Gage Jump from Jay Sarah, who 
uh, he's going to go to UCLA. And then Alex Mooney. Those are the three players left on my big board. Uh, along with Nico Cavadas, I didn't really just talk about why I was a big fan of his, but I also predicted he was going to be a hard sell. Uh, but Mooney's going to Duke. Like those players you're not getting, but there's going to be other prep players that decide, oh, I do want to cut a deal. Now, I'm not saying that those players won't sign with another team. But Baltimore by signed Will Taylor. They they assumed they saved a lot. When, uh, and then didn't really go out of their way. They took a lot of safe picks throughout the I'd be shocked if they were anywhere near uh, their slotting pool max right now. So th there could be some of those big names that still come off the board. It's just not going to be to the Indians. But the Indians do have some money to spend, I think. Uh, we'll get into the, the picks here. And again, you know, day three is important. Recent years, Cody Allen, the all-time saves leader, Zach Plesak, you know, is with the team now, uh, is a player the Indians have acquired with those later picks. Uh, you know, the, the worst round when I was going through and doing the data, data, 10th round, the Indians have like never picked a major leaguer in the 10th round. You can go through the rest of those late rounds. I posted all these during the draft as the round occurred. Something pops up. The Indians really bad in the 10th. So luckily we're past the 10th. Uh, we're not going to start with the 10th round today. We're going to start with their first few picks. So I should not have been sh surprised when they went with Doug Nikhazy, old Miss, uh, with pick 58. I was not as high on Nick Casey. He was not in my top 50 prospects. And I mean, I went to 53. He didn't make the cut, even though he had good production, even though he's a guy who has uh, good spin rate data. He's a lefty, one of those really emotional uh, types on the mound. I just thought he's more than likely a reliever. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, just the, the pairing and everything with him. I thought he's a future reliever. I think he, and he broke a few old Miss records, which is impressive because that's a fantastic baseball program. It's not a bad pick. It's just not who I would have taken. Uh, I immediately kind of compared it to when they drafted Nick Sandlin a few years ago from Southern Miss. I think he, he is a fast-moving reliever. I'm, I'm just not sold on him as a starter. I could be wrong. Uh, but the Indians, and that's the thing. So if you listened to the show yesterday, I hope you did. I talked about I had someone from another team I was talking with. The Indians taken. You know, they're, they're one of the tightest ships. Not them. The only information is where they are, and that's suspect information anyways. Oh, they're not really there just in terms of that meaning anything. Just because they scout someone or send a lot of people to scout, that doesn't really matter uh, in the grand scheme. And I go, well, here's the thing. I feel like they want pitching. I feel like they're going to go college pitching and look for strikeout rates over 10, walk rates under 3. I mentioned that on the podcast today. Uh, that is so, you know, I talked about Doug Nikhazy. The Indians had 10, yeah, they had 10 picks today. Nine of those 10 picks were college. Uh, if of those nine, I think seven had strikeout rates over 10 and walk rates under three. That's just this, what the team did. Like, that's what I told people to look for with the first rounder. I didn't realize that's what you should look for with the entire draft. That's what they did. And, and you understand it to a degree. This is a team that, uh, in the international market, they do a very strong, uh, they do great work with bats. There has not been as much with, uh, with the pitchers. Uh, you know, maybe it's Carlos Vargas. If you want to count John Oviedo, who was a rule five guy. Uh, but other, I mean, who consistently it's Danny Salazar, Fausto Carmona, you know, the pitcher formerly known as Fausto Carmona. And then it's a Bartolo Colon. Uh, so they 
kind of balance it out by, and it makes sense. Pitching is really hard to evaluate. It might be easier when you have all of that college data. I mean, it certainly is easier. And they went heavy on their type. Uh, this is what they were successful with in 2016. It's what they targeted last year. It's what they targeted this year. And especially as a team that did, again, they did not send scouts out. I think the road time was worth it. They're cutting their finding factors. You know, I'm one of stat eliminators. Like, okay, that strikeout race here. I'm not going to really consider that guy a legitimate prospect for me. Or this is here. Like, you go through and you eliminate just to make your life easier. They are doing the scouting department. Uh, and they had a very specific type. And it's also interesting. How many of these players are not young? 22, senior age. Now, again, because of the shortened draft last year, all these players who are senior aged are technically juniors. They have like exempt year. 2020 didn't count against them. But to baseball teams, that's still a year of development loss. That's still a year. They might be 22 and they may not get quote unquote senior sign money. But I also don't think they get as much as if it was just a typical draft and these are 21 year old players. So the Indians, they didn't take a lot of youth. This was college heavy. Uh, one high school player that was the one back arms. We're going to continue to talk about those arms in a moment here, but let's first take a quick break and talk about our fantastic sponsors who keep this show going. Our first sponsor today is rockauto.com. I've talked about Rock Auto, easy to navigate site. Uh, it's a great tool for you. You can shop, compare, get know the price for the part of on your car. I'm not someone who could fix a car. I couldn't go in and install things. You know that person all the better. Remember when you go to Rock Auto, you want to tell them that Locked On sent you. You could say Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians. You could say Locked On Indians with Jeff Ellis. Just make sure you let them know Locked On sent you. And again, I think it is a fantastic tool just to be an advocate for yourself, to be able to know that you are getting the right price and part on the parts for your car. Uh, I might say from them. That's something I can change. That's we always have deals and discounts going on with things like that. So remember, rockauto.com, it's going to save you money, and make sure you let them know Locked On sent you. So we talked a little bit about Doug Nikhazy off the start. Again, I think he's a reliever. I think he'd be a very fast-moving reliever. I think he could be a dynamic reliever as a lefty. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, he was he's very emotional, big on the mound, I, I back in May, someone asked me, uh, "Tell me about the next James Karen Chalk," and I'm like, "Well, he doesn't have Karen Chalk stuff, but I get like he's this, uh, you know, uh, it was like crazy Nikhazy was one of the things. It, he's uh, next up was Tommy Mace. Tommy Mace is one of those people who's been famous since high school. He's a Cincinnati Reds pick. I want to say the 12th round. And I had intel that they were going to sign him. It didn't happen. Uh, he was a huge get for that Florida program. Four years later, he's a driveline guy, so there's lots of – it never really came together. Uh, he's been okay. But he was a guy who entered the year as like a top 15 player, ended up going, what, pick 69. He's routinely ranked in the 40s. I had him at like 50 on my big board. There were some – if I pull up my big board over here, there were some things where like I – Mace. I thought – he, there were things he did very well or things he did not do well. Uh, he is very prone to the long ball. 
again, the Indians don't seem to care about that. Uh, and, you know, he's one of those, I talk about the fact he went to driveline. In, uh, you know, he's, here he is, but is that, you know, he's an SEC pitcher who missed bats and didn't walk a lot of people, which is the Indians type. That's exactly what uh, they were going. he's a big kid, big arm, probably a back end type. If they can unlock more though. Uh, it's a, could be potentially the steal there. Cause again, this is a guy who was widely viewed when he didn't sign that he was going to be a, you know, he was draft eligible last year, uh, priced himself out of being drafted, and then just didn't do enough this year to really elevate. He just looked like the same guy, 6'6", 230. He's got the build, but he was supposed to be a top five player in this class, in last year's class, honestly. And he wasn't. So can the Indians find more? Uh, is Florida not the developmental hotbed it once was? One can make a case. Uh, you look at that Florida team, it was the board. You know, Jude Fabian was supposed to be a top five pick. He's in the second round to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we'll skip down. We, uh, we'll talk about the Indians went to Florida three times in this draft. They drafted like the entire Florida rotation. So you come back in the seventh round, Jack Leftwich, another guy famous from high school, could have been a second or third round pick out of high school. Uh, and yes, well, his name is Leftwich, and I believe he's like Left Jack or something like that is his Twitter handle. He's a right-handed pitcher, just to make it extra confusing. Uh, 6'4", 220, two-pitch pitcher, and just didn't develop at, Flor at Florida. Didn't always get the opportunities because they always get so many recruits. But, and there's, you know, it, you go look at, I think it's Miami Marlins. You have Jake Etter, who didn't develop at Vandy because he didn't get the opportunities. And was looked better in his first year in the minors than he ever did at Vanderbilt. Uh, that could be a lot. Not saying it's going to happen. Etter's put on an absolute show. He's been able to miss bats. He's got a low to mid-90s. It just hasn't, he hasn't, same, same story as Tommy Mace. These are two players who went into that program Everyone said, oh, in three years, they're going to be first-round picks. Leftwich is going in the seventh, and he's probably going to get about slot there. Uh, and a lot of people are just like, oh, he's going to be a reliever. He's fastball slider, I want to say. Uh, Mace, he didn't develop quite right. Uh, he, you know, Everyone thought he was going to be a top-20 pick this year. You got those two Florida guys. Uh, Leftwich's strikeout per nine was over 10. Walk rate was under three. Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. So those are the first two Florida arms they took. And then the 10th round, I mentioned, that's the round of death for the Indians. Uh, Franco Allman, who was one of the few players who uh, had like a top 50 ranking from MLB taken in the 10th round. 10th round, 9th and 10th round are often seen your signs. All those 5K, 10K guys. Same. Indians are very much opposed to that. Uh, they occasionally here or there. Uh, 2019, they did a bit of that. Many, most years, they try to they do get a senior. It's a senior of value. Uh, they seem to want to just maximize the amount of players. Franco Allman was not someone I was familiar with. Uh, I'd seen him on the Florida roster. Six foot six, another traditional build type of guy. Uh, he is freshly turned 21. So he's one of the few guys who is, you know, young for the class. Uh, unlike the more, I mean, they have a lot of guys with 90s is just very unlike the indians and also makes me feel old as heck but hey uh so with six he's bounced around florida was his third school 
Uh, he was uh, came over from Cuba when he was 11. He was a sinker slider guy, and then he was messing with the four-seamer, and the debate is, what's better? The, the Indians are going to have to work with him. They're going to have to figure out, do you want just to take advantage of his height and make him a sinker slider type? Uh, are you going to go four-seam slider and then mix in another third pitch? He's a little bit of a blank cam- campus, uh, trying to see where his first stop was. I know it was at like St. John's was his second stop. Uh, Florida International is where he started. So he bounced around a bit. I think he might get the full 143.50. Uh, they've done that before, where they've just thrown the full slot. James Karinchak and Jesse Berardi were uh, ninth and 10th round picks. I want Berardi might have been eighth. But Karinchak was definitely they just sliding talent right, and you know looked and see if they could get something karen chalk i want to say was bryant university uh and i just remember that standing out where everyone else did senior science and the indians did not uh, but in this case three florida arms the indians were over that program and again i don't know if it's one of those things where it's a positive for florida because it feels like the indians are all over that program taking two disappointing arms and a player who needs uh, a better game plan. So the Indians might think that they can do much better developmentally than what occurred uh, for the time at Florida. I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't take this as the biggest compliment to that program, uh, especially because the first two picks are just frankly guys that had disappointing college careers. Uh, none of that anyone is bad or fair. It's just a bit of a struggle, but those players, Three from the University of Florida. We've barely touched on this class. Uh, before we go to a, a break here, let's talk about the one high schooler and the one bat in the entire class. Jake Fox, shortstop. He's not staying at short. The arm is not strong at all. Probably a second baseman. Lake Christian School, Florida. Whip quick. Uh, one of those players where there's above average bat speed. Runs pretty well. Decent athlete. Uh, can use the whole field. I, like I said, the arm isn't going to be good enough for him to stay at shortstop. He's got some doubles pop. I don't know if he's going to be a, it could be a 45, 50 power. Maybe everything works out, uh, but you're hoping for above average hit and solid defense with above average run, like a bunch of 55s. Uh, he was, Again, 95th overall, MLB had the eighth. He wasn't really under uh, discussion for my top 50. The highest I saw him anywhere was in the 120s. Yet, and a Florida recruit, just, you know, the reason I decided to go here is getting another, talk about another player who has University of Florida ties. Uh, could he be under slot? It's 610. I don't think so. Uh, he probably gets like Milan Tolentino money from a year ago, which is about 800K. Even though he was drafted higher than his ranking most places, it's still going to be someone who's a little bit uh, probably, I think the profile is still utility. I just, I mean, there's not enough there, but uh, it is a type of hitter that I struggle with the evaluation. Because, uh, listen, the best thing is is the speed of his bat. It's just, it's a he can really quickly adjust and hit. And that's what is allowed to hire Tyler Freeman to be successful is what has made your goal a major leaguer. Uh, I'm in the camp. The, the, the tool set is there. 
that everything else is average to below, when you have that ability to adjust that quickly on the floor, your bat is moving that fast, it just gives you more opportunities, more chances for success. And it just speaks to the player that the Indians didn't take any, any bats outside of him. They didn't take any uh, players outside of him. He is the one guy they grabbed, the one in the entire class. Uh, like I said, for me, I profiled, him more as a, I profiled him more as a utility type, but there is a potential future there for him at second base. So that kind of takes care of three Florida pitchers and one Florida commit. Take another quick sponsor break, and then we'll just come back and start talking about some of these other players. I will talk about every single player of the Indians draft at some point this week. So if I don't get to everyone tonight from rounds two through 10, uh, we still got 11 through 20. I've got, you know, Pat will be on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll be hitting these picks on Thursday, Thursday, Friday. It's all-star weeks in any games to focus on the draft. Our other fantastic, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Our other fantastic sponsors, betonline.ag. We've been talking about Bet Online since January. Uh, remember, you do go to Bet Online. Uh, oh, I'm checking out their new website right now. Then you can switch back to Classic. They've re just redesigned it. But you go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. Going to apologize in there. Uh, technical difficulties with my computer this evening. So just to get back to what I was doing in the ad read, uh, go over to Bet Online for yourself. Check it out. BetOnline.ag, uh, while they may not have anything up for, uh, they do have a line. The line is plus one to the American League. The National League are the favorites in the All-Star game tomorrow. Go over to BetOnline.ag, use that promo code locked on, and get your 50% bonus. So let's dive back into these picks. So we've talked about round, seventh round, better bounce. You talked about four of the nine. Let's talk about Ryan Webb uh, from Georgia. So he is strong. And if you know him at all, he had Tom, he's one of the pitchers who had Tommy John surgery this year. But even before the Tommy John surgery, he's had health issues throughout his time at Georgia. He is a left-handed pitcher. He has been kind of a pitcher, but he's missed bats in the SEC. Uh, if you're keeping track at home. He's another strikeout over 10 walk rate under three sits low nineties, good breaking stuff. Not the biggest guy, but six foot one, two Oh two. He's a solid player. He's a good player. He's an interesting prospect. He would have been a second round pick. I think if he doesn't require Tommy John surgery, uh, he could be one of those guys that costs a little bit more than slot. I don't think it'll cost a ton over slot. But I just I look at him as that guy where, you know, his upside, you know, he could end up being the best pitcher they take on day two, uh, just as a lefty with his his ability. Now he could also be the one who just keeps getting hurt, uh, and that's going to limit his what he does. But again, a lefty who can touch mid nineties has curveball, uh, curveball slider. I want to say is his mix. You know, they talk about the fact that he outdueled Jack Leiter earlier in the year, things like that. It just, he's a solid starter. Uh, let's see, birth, 99 birthday. Uh, it, it's weird for the Indians. But Webb is, I like him quite a bit. I Let's see, do they have a rank here? Uh, uh, 
uh, over at MLB. He was unranked for me. Uh, Tommy Mace at 45 is, I think, their second highest ranked player. Uh, I had Gavin Williams personally 25th overall. MLB had him 31. Nikhazy was 56. He would have probably been closer in the 70s for me. Uh, Mace 52, not ranked Fox. Webb 155. Now, so 155 is Webb. Their 162 ranked player is Tanner Beebe from uh, Cal State Fullerton, who has a long tradition. Thomas Eshelman comes to mind. Uh, Colton Eastman. I'm, I feel like that. And they put they have a pitcher that gets drafted every year. They also have a bad history of overuse of pitchers and pitchers requiring uh, surgery or needing help later. Tanner Beebe, uh, very low walk rate, uh, was the ace of Cal State Fullerton last two years, had a disappointing 2020, and uh, he's, he's not one who missed a lot of bats. That's kind of the ding on him. Another 99 birthday, 6'2", 190, so not the biggest player. Oh, that's it, uh, Connor Siebold. That's who I was trying to think about was the other guy from there. But PP has a ton of games, a ton of experience, doesn't lock anyone. I just, I have a hard time seeing a path to this unless Indians unlock more. Uh, that's just the truth of the matter with him, with what he was able to do in school. Because, like, Fullerton's good, but it's not like they play in a top-tier conference. Uh, and he's not able to miss bats in that conference. And that's a concern for me. Like, when you're not missing bats in a lesser conference. I always go back to, you know, they took Gavin Williams out of ECU. First time I really watched ECU was Jeff Hoffman was there. I'm sitting there going, his stuff is so good. Why is he not missing bats in this conference? He should be missing bats. This is a massive red flag. Well, Tanner Beebe's stuff is not as good. Uh, that's more that, like, you know, he he feels pitches to contact Josh Tomlin in his ceiling, but it's a, a limited profile. Uh, and I'll, man, there's two players to talk about, three players. So, Dion Will and Rodney Boone will save uh, UC Santa Barbara and McNeese State. But I got to talk about Aaron Davenport here at the end. So Davenport might have been my favorite selection he took uh, in day two. Even though I had Tommy Mace rated higher, even though uh, I would have had Nikhazy rated higher than him, I probably would have also had left which higher. What's nice about Davenport is very young for the class. He does not turn 21 until the end. Uh, undersized at six foot even, but he's a pitch mix. He's got the, um, God, why am I blanking now? I want to say it's his, uh, is it the change or the slider? I can't remember, but he's got a really strong secondary offering. He mixed things up well, and strike out rate over trade under three. Uh, he's very effective there, has age on his side. He's one of the few college players that they drafted who was not born in the 90s uh in summer you know you look at him he's six feet 185 is his listing as a right-handed pitcher that's undersized i know other people look at him and maybe be the least impressed i think he's also like the only player i've talked about who was not ranked in the top 250 but he's just been successful and he has that track record of success and he has the advanced secondary offerings that are developed i mean they're, they're not like plus pitches but i think they could be like 55 grade uh but he's, you know, you just look at that guy who has found success. I like his secondary offerings more than like Tanner Beebe's when I watch him on paper. 
when I watch them on paper. No, when I watch them on television, uh, <laughs> I don't watch games on paper. Uh, that's a sheer sign that I should just uh, call it a night on the podcast. So if I was ranking these picks before I go, day two, Tommy Mace is the top player they selected. Probably two, uh, left which three. And then after that, Fox four, Ryan Webb five, Davenport six, Tanner BB. So six is Davenport, seven, Rodney Boone, eight, Franco Allman, nine, Dion Will. Okay, I'm just told I need to get to tens, and then to tenth is Tanner BB. He's the, to me, the, uh, this, the, Hardest pathway to success there because the margins are so small. He has to be exactly what he is now and be able to do exactly what he did in college uh, and to translate successfully. So it's a little bit harder. It's not to say it's a bad pick. It's not to say that I'm not going to discount the Indians to spot and unlock more. Uh, you know, they did it with Bieber, Savali, and Plesak. Uh They've already worked with Burns and Logan Allen the Younger. I'm not calling him Logan T. Allen. He's Logan Allen the Younger uh, to get more out of them. It's what they do well. So at the end of the day, yeah, I'll eventually do a shadow draft because I've been doing a shadow draft for the last decade. Uh, but the Indians know what they can do. They do it well. And just got to, like I said, I talked about it on Twitter. I feel like they took 10 players of a very specific type. Now, Gavin Williams has a lot more ceiling there because of the velocity and the secondary offerings. The rest of this group is very kind of similar. And the thought process is if you can hit on one of the 10, it's a great draft. If you can get one mid-rotation starter, it's great. The fact they got three the one year, that's just unheard of. That's an all-timer. If one of these 10 work out, they know what factors are successful. They know what to look for. They know what is going to yield the best chance at success. Uh, and they've gone heavy, heavy, heavy into models and less and less and less into the eye test. They think that they can get one out of 10 here. It's a successful draft. That's just the truth of the matter. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been this podcast. We still have even more player from day two. And of course, we will spend a lot of time on the table taken day three. So make sure to tune in, rate, and download daily uh, the entire rest of the week. If you want more draft content, all draft, all week. Uh, we'll do, I feel like it's a little too early to do a draft review. We might do a 2018 draft or 2019 draft review. Uh, next, keep the draft going. You know, and if there's something else you want to hear about, let me know. You can let me know on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, hit me up at my email, which is JeffMLBDraft at gmail.com. Very tricky, I know. Uh, again, rate and review, download daily. That really helps our show grow. Let's get in the top 10. Let's knock out those Tigers who are currently winning the 10th spot over here on Locked On. And for the next year, maybe two, 